Hello, med students. My name is Zach Olson, and thank you for downloading this episode of the EM Clerkship Podcast. This episode is sponsored by Pearson Ravitz Insurance. Stephanie Pearson at Pearson Ravitz is my personal disability and life insurance agent. She's an OBGYN who became injured while at work and now runs an insurance company that advocates for and educates medical professionals on insurance-related issues, things like disability insurance. She will walk you through what it means to have own occupation insurance. She'll shop around the major insurance companies for you, not just comparing costs, but comparing features, pros and cons. She coordinates everything for you when you finally decide to buy and then proactively gets in touch with you every year to see how things are going. It really is a remarkable company. Don't wait until it's too late. Don't wait until the policy becomes really expensive. Don't wait until you have medical conditions that are excluded. Don't wait until something happens. You need to buy this stuff during training. Go to www.pearsonrabbits.com. Get in touch, and they're going to hook you up. Thank you to Pearson Rabbits for sponsoring this episode. Now on to our deep dive. So this last case was a true classic. Torsade de point. I don't know how to pronounce it. I think it's torsade de point. Uh, TDP, polymorphic ventricular tachycardia. Now, most of you have probably seen the rhythm strip and know what this looks like, I'm assuming. If you haven't seen this yet, uh, you need to, to go online. Much more important than listening to this episode right now is that you go online and you look and you see what this looks like. Search torsade de point. It's T-O-R-S-A-D-E-S. Uh, D and then it's a space D E space P O I N T E S. This is a rhythm that you're going to need to know regardless of the specialty that you go into. Even psychi psychiatry, even you need to know this one with all these meds that you're prescribing, right? Now, once you know what that looks like and you're done with that, the main thing that I really want to focus on today is how do you treat it? There are five steps to treating torsades. Defibrillation, magnesium, tachycardia, this is also called overdrive pacing, lidocaine, and fix the underlying cause. Defibrillation, magnesium, tachycardia, lidocaine, and fixing the underlying cause. Now, starting with step one. So the nurse comes and grabs you, right? Uh, uh, the rhythm, there's an abnormal rhythm on the monitor. What's going on? You need to look at that monitor and you see, when you see, you see that twisty looking ventricular tachycardia. Step one, defibrillate. Torsades is almost never a stable rhythm. It's not really like a stable rhythm. Maybe for like a few moments, like the patient can be awake with this, but it, it deteriorates very rapidly. Uh, you rarely have just a patient who's sitting there and walks in and they're like, my chest feels a little, a little funky. And they've been in torsades for two days, right? It doesn't really work like that. Torsades deteriorates into ventricular fibrillation pretty quickly. And so when you see this, you need to get those pads on and you're going to be probably shocking them, if not immediately, very soon because the patient's going to decompensate very quickly. Likely the machine won't be able to, to synchronize. So you know how in ACLS you're supposed to synchronize with ventricular tachycardia. A lot of times the machine won't be able to synchronize to this based off how the rhythm is. And you're just going to need to do un, unsynchronized defibrillation. If that patient's going to ride the lightning, right? This is the most important treatment for somebody who is actively in torsades. So you, you walk into them and they're in this rhythm. They're going to become unstable very quick and you're going to be shocking them. 
Step two, this is probably the other truly core treatment. It doesn't even matter what their magnesium level is. Uh, you're going to be giving them magnesium. Magnesium treats and prevents torsades, even when the level is, you know, quote unquote, within like a normal limit. So you're going to give a big bolus of mag sulfate, like four grams, something like that. And then you're going to start a drip. And you can look this up, of course, if this actually happens to you. And you say, Zach, that sounds like a lot of magnesium. Or can't you get toxic? Can't you get mag toxic? Won't their their reflexes diminish, right, when I go and re-examine them? And and maybe. Uh, certainly, you want to be reevaluating the patient when you're doing this. You're going to be checking those electrolytes. But you want to know what makes reflexes really, really slow? Being dead. And you want to know how to keep your torsades patient from being dead? Giving them a ton of magnesium. So that's step two, magnesium. Step three, you want to speed up the heart. And so you might have heard for this. This is the term overdrive pacing, right? But I, I was actually very confused by this. I don't want you to get the wrong idea here. You're not overdrive pacing the patient out of corsades. You are shocking them and giving them magnesium. You're magging them out of the torsades, right? But one of the things that you can do once they're back in a normal rhythm is you can prevent torsades by preventing bradycardia. And so this is where overdrive pacing comes in. So they're back in a normal sinus rhythm now. Now you want to speed up that heart rate. And so the classic medication that you give here is something called isoproteranol. Another thing that you can do is you can put on a, a pacemaker. You can put in a pacemaker and turn the rate way up. Um, so this is called transvenous pacing, overdrive pacing. Um, easiest way is probably just to start the, uh, the isoproteranol. But that's step three. You want to prevent bradycardia and you actually want to push them to be a little tachycardic by giving them meds that will prevent them from going back into dorsades once they're back in a normal rhythm. So I hope that makes sense. You're not overdrive pacing them out of this rhythm. You're overdrive pacing them to prevent them from going back into it once you shock them and give them a bunch of magnesium. All right. So then step four, lidocaine. So commonly when you get these abnormal heart rhythms, things like ventricular tachycardia, uh, everyone's going to want to start like an antiarrhythmic. Okay. And, um, like common ones that you use, you hear a lot about, it's like at my, my hospital, we use a lot of amiodarone, but you'll see other places use procainamide and things like that. But with torsades, you got to be really careful and really probably the only antiarrhythmic agent that you want to be using is lidocaine. Because all of these other agents, they can actually prolong that QT interval and make it more likely that they go into, tors into torsades. So step four, you can give them some lidocaine. Again, you can look up the dosing. You don't need to memorize the dosing on that. Um, and then step five, this is, another really, this is another really important one. And this is where you get all the bonus points when you're attending is kind of giving you this sim case. You're going to see this case sometime during med school and residency, at least in sim lab and things like that. It's, it's just really, it really is a classic. But you want to, step five, you want to find and treat the underlying cause. What triggered the torsades. So maybe the patient has a congenitally prolonged QT interval. So that's why we get EKGs and syncope patients, right? That's one of the many things you're looking for on an EKG of someone who passed out and now is back kind of at their normal, their normal state of health is you get that EKG. One of the things you're looking for is a congenitally prolonged QT interval. 
Maybe they have really low potassium, right? Maybe they started some new med- medicines like uh, Lasix or something, and they have a low pat- potassium, and it stretches out. That low potassium will stretch out the QT interval, and it can make them prone to going into torsades. So send some electrolytes off. Raise that potassium up if you find it's pretty low. Um, very commonly and really ideal for, for sim cases is that it, it, it's medication related because there's so many medications that can prolong that QT interval and cause torsades. So a classic would be like psychotropic medicines, things like haloperidol, compazine, uh, tricyclic antidepressants, antibiotics, um, like the macrolides, erythromycin, uh, fluoroquinolones, antifungals. A cl- actually, a really classic one um, is methadone. Methadone is a classic medication that prolongs that QT interval. Makes for a good sim case, right? The patient comes in, they're a little suicidal, they've overdosed on their methadone. It's a long-acting med, so you need to know that you're rechecking that sugar, admitting to the hospital, but you also need to know to, to check that QT interval, right? Because it'll make a really long QT. But um, those are, the, are really the five core steps to treating torsades. And once you know those five, this will never have to scare you because you're going to know how to manage it. It is scary, but you're going to know what to do. Defibrillate, lots and lots of magnesium. Make the patient tachycardic to prevent them from going back into torsades. Lidocaine and then find and treat that underlying cause. Do they have a family history of sudden cardiac death? Is their potassium low? Did they just start a new medication? What was it? Take a look at that med list, right? That is how you treat torsades. That wraps it up. Next time your attending gives you this SIM case, you are going to shine. Just remember those five steps. Thank you again to Pearson Rabbits Insurance for sponsoring this episode. You can also send me an email, Zach, at emclerkship.com. I try to I get quite a few emails, but I try to respond to, to most of them, and um, it's nice getting to know you guys. And otherwise, until next time, keep working hard, keep studying, and be sure to enjoy your shift.